and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going not too bad uh i was trying to think of like how to do a like 1666 thing and that's all i came up with <laughs> yeah we were finally at the end of this i feel like we've been on a journey brett yeah for sure um i've was always wondering about these movies i'm glad that we finally like had to do them in this way. I definitely don't regret having to like set through three movies. They're like uh, you were saying, like these were supposed to be released in theaters, like a week apart or a month apart or whatever. That would actually have been fun. Yeah, I learned that since we did the first one. So I'll, uh, people, yeah, these weren't Netflix originals. They got the rights to it after they were already made, which explains some of the things. Like, I'm surprised for Netflix. Yes, because they acquired them. But the original plan was ballsy as hell. Like, they're just going to release three movies, like, a week or two apart from each other in theaters. Yeah, I like it. I hope that they end up doing something like, like, don't be afraid to do that. Because didn't they um just announce that there's going to be more of these? Yeah, but I think Netflix ordered it, so it'll... Go right to Netflix. Damn. Alright, but yeah, Fear Street Part 3, 1666. I just love the year they picked. Oh yeah, it's perfect. And it fits right in with how corny this like series kinda is, where it's like, Shady side is the bad scummy side. Sunnyvale is the nice happy side. It's like, Sheriff Good, you know, it's like, plays so much into the... It's almost like Stephen King, but maybe for middle schoolers. Yeah, definitely. Like they, it's right on the nose. Walks you right up to that line of being too cheesy, but doesn't cross it. Yeah. Well, sometimes it touches over the line a little bit, and there's like you didn't see that, and it like pulls back. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Um. So this is the one I remember when I was watching these the first time that I was the least excited to get to, even though it's the ending because. Some stuff I really love, but typically I have an aversion to, like, period pieces and stuff like that. Right. Like, so, The Witch is a shining example of an exception. Typically, yes. I'm not big on, like, old, like, New England, old-timey horror stuff. Usually doesn't get me that much. Which I am a pretty big fan of. So it already kind of had me there. Oh, you're into that kind of stuff a little more, huh? Oh yeah, I love the stuffy, like, this one even could have gone a little bit more Edgar's, with like, the, uh, making the voices and the dialect a little bit more of the time. Like, I get that they're, they threw a little bit of like, good morrow, good neighbor things in there every once in a while, but then you're also get like, you suck, no, you suck! See, I'd rather have that. I can't take the good morrow, <laughs> like, old-timey talk. It drives me insane. So they did this just for me. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. This feels like Robert Eggers' light. Like, they kind of did it. It's not like full Budweiser. It's like, Bud Light, you know, you can drink a few of these a day. Not just like, oh, man, after one, I'm pretty full. Yeah, exactly. It's it's more Greg is going to get annoyed with the old-timey dialect. Here, let's tone it back. And I say, thank you, Fear Street. You don't have to have the captions on for this one. No. So, yeah, you have some credits for me on this? Yeah, um, Lee Janiak got the Edward Trifecta. Hell yeah. Did, she did all three then, correct? 
Yeah, she did. It's they are all amazing. Like I hope that they give them uh, give her the uh, next trilogy or whatever they're doing. Like she did great. So it starts off with Dina, the actress who plays Dina, also playing Sarah. Which at first I was kind of annoyed with, but they do yeah. the whole like this is just in her vision thing. So I was like, okay, and we get like little flashes of the real Sarah and everything here and there. So I get what they're doing then, and I'm more accepting of it. Yeah, they definitely do it at the beginning. They let you know because she's looking like into the bucket of water or something, and you see like Sarah's face and her face kind of merging and whatnot. But then I kind of forgot about it until the very end, and I was like, oh no. Then all of a sudden, there's like just this random other girl there. I was like, who's that? I was like, oh, that's actually Sarah. Yeah, it's not like Dracula AD 1972 where people just look the same generations later. No. Unless uh, Constance and Ziggy are somehow, like, distant relatives, because Sadie Sink shows up for, like, half a minute. Yeah, and her sister, and all this kind of stuff. Pretty much yeah. all of cast we've seen before. Nick Good's, like, there. It's They have everyone. Yeah. Is it uh, Josh shows back up? Yep. Sarah Fear is delivering baby pigs and has to cut one out. It's... Kind of brutal at the beginning here, but everyone's, like, proud of her for saving the pigs and all this kind of stuff. Das a fierce swine! Hand me my blade! (laughs) And then it's, like, at first I thought, like, oh shit, they're gonna, like, cut the pig open. Like, almost, like, C-section style. And it's, like, pull the piglet out, so at least they save the piglet. But then, like, it cuts to, like, the other piglets are, like, suckling and i was like oh they're suckling on a dead pig and then the pig moved i was like oh thank god yeah i don't want to see that even though i don't want to <laughs> see what we get later with it but yeah she's a walking all about the village and they all say this thing all the young people to each other the full moon rises before nightfall a good night to enjoy the fruits of the land like some kind of secret like code thing about what they're all doing that night like later on we're gonna get fucked up in the woods when all the squares are asleep Exactly. Uh, she runs into Hannah Miller, who is the pastor's daughter, played by who plays Sam. So it's an obvious comparison for the 1994 stuff. Perfect, yeah. I enjoy what they do with this. Then Thomas, played by the guy who plays Tommy, very original there. He, yeah. This like weird like nut job like, is talking to Sarah. like, I see the darkness in you. I know a secret about you. Would you like to hear it? And this guy just looks like he's a second away from killing a village. Oh, because, like, Sarah and Hannah definitely show, like, they share a knowing glance of, like, I want to ra- have your legs wrapped around my head later. Like, and the mom comes out, I was like, we won't be having none of this! And, like, shoes her away. <laughs> then, like, the town drunk stumbles up to her being like, I know you're a lesbian! It's like, fuck off, Thomas! Yes. Also, so, like, up to this point, you guys know the deal. Full spoilers from the get-go. Like, Sarah Fear has been this evil witch playing in the right. previous two movies. So at this point, I'm like, well, this movie is going to see, like, the downfall and, like, when she becomes a witch the whole time I'm yeah. waiting for. Honestly, I this was almost surprising to me. I didn't remember the big twist. So this was just as fun for me revisiting this one. And I did not see it coming whatsoever. Because where they're leading you is like, the town's going to push her to the edge and she's going to become a witch and she's going to curse the whole town. Yeah, I, look, we were both like kind of talking shit on the twist in the last movie. We were yeah. like, that wasn't fooling anybody. I'll admit, this one got me, definitely. Oh no, I would say, already, I would say I like this one more than the second one. 
Yeah, we'll do our rankings at the end. That'll be fun. Yeah. But we're introduced to Solomon, this older guy who she gives a pig to. Solomon Good, the distant relative of Sheriff Nick Good and all these people. And it's also like the kid from the second one where he was like the good guy and whatnot. They're setting up like... They're way over setting up this family to be like, they're super prim and proper. Look how good they are. Their last name's good. I, I should have seen it. It's staring me right in the face, Brett. I should yeah, have seen it. Like, I, I am kind of kicking myself when I know what happens at the end of like, God damn it. It was right there. It's like, hello, yeah. I'm the twist. And I'm just bumbling <laughs> my way through this movie. Because this is like, um the 1600s so like giving a piglet is like a huge deal because now he can raise that pig maybe it's a female pig so he can have more pigs like this could do like a huge amount of good for them because he's like this is too good i can't take this and it's like oh shut up and take the piglet yeah exactly at least they don't let it rot like pearl yeah i was waiting for something like that it's nighttime and all the teens sneak out to go party. Like, I guess it's just like this full moon party they do once in a while and everything. You know, like, old-timey fun. Yeah, it's like an old-timey kegger. Because, like, yeah, pretty much. earlier when they were doing, like, the code words and stuff, like, they have wine and they have different kinds of, like, mead, it looks like. And now these three are going to go off and get these special berries that makes you see things. So it's like acid berries. Exactly. Because they go to this cottage deep in the woods, not in the village, whose Mother Mary, as they call the lady who has it, to get these berries. But she's not there. They're kind of like looking around the house waiting for her to show up. And Sarah finds the witch book that we've seen throughout this whole series. And she starts flipping through and reading it. But then Mary shows up and does not like her reading this book, pulls a knife on her and just kicks them all out. Yeah, if anything, she's, like, trying to keep people away from the book, it seems. It's like, this poor lady has to live out in the middle of the woods all by herself. And it is cool, though, looking through the book, because it's just, like, evil-looking writing and, like, skeletons reaching out to goats. Like, witches love goats so much. Like, why did these old villages even have goats? What are they good for? If they're, like, so evil and bring curses, get rid of the goats! Uh, goat milk, I guess? Yeah, cow! <laughs> it's cheaper to keep a goat. Yeah, but they're devils! They're it, That's literally Satan out there. <laughs> but, yeah, they're all kicked out, but then we get to the teens' woods party, and they all eat the berries. Yes, and they're all dancing and drinking out of the old-timey bottles of their wine, and, like, honey vodka or whatever it is, and they're eating the berries, and they're dancing like they're at Woodstock. Uh, yes. the good one, not the '90s one. Correct. But what? Uh, who comes up and starts being all handsy all over? Is it Hannah? And it's basically like, get the fuck off of me. Yeah, Caleb is this asshole guy who tries kissing and undressing Hannah right on the spot. Yeah, and it's one. And thank God they didn't do what it probably actually was like in the 1600s. Of everyone's like, yay! <laughs> they like yeah. everyone's like, no, get off of her. <laughs> yeah, he's stopped and slapped by Seraphir, and they leave the party, and they're kissing in the woods, and they start getting really heavy with it, and Seraphir starts going down on Hannah, and holy shit. Yeah, number one, also, this is also the 1600s, so think about that, like, that's a real go-getter right there. 
Um, number two, who did you say was it was Caleb before? Yes. They do a great boner joke because it's like, well, maybe you can go find a, a sheep or a goat that won't uh, mind how you're looking. And it's basically like looks down. He has this huge boner. Everyone points and laughs at him and he runs away like embarrassed. Yeah, he gets humiliated, which is important for later on. Yes. Everyone saw me have a boner. Now you must die. <laughs> but they hear someone watching like a twig snap or something and they run back to town and they're very nervous and everything, because, you know, we talked about in the first one, like, 90s, like, it was a little more yeah. taboo and everything. Holy shit, this is the 16, like, the super puritanical oh. 1600s. Because Hannah's like, if they find out, they're gonna hang us. Especially because Hannah's the pastor's daughter, too, of all people. Oh, yeah. But then, they're also, they right after, they're like, if they catch us together, they'll hang us. We can never do this again. Then they sit right in front of Hannah's house and make out again. Not make out, but, like, they kiss. And, like, someone sees them. But, of course, because you're in the middle of the town. And no one has anything to do but stare out windows. Yeah, it's Creepy Thomas sees them. Yeah, they, he he lives in, like, a shitty shed, like, in middle of the town. And, like, you could see through, like, the slats and, like, the walls and everything. It looks like an outhouse. I mean, that was a nice place back in the day. They're like, Thomas, you're a drunk anyway. Live in the outhouse. If you live there, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> the next morning, the pastor, remember Hannah's father, is like in trance. She comes and gets Sarah about it. He's just muttering to himself. <laughs> oh, like these creepy words over and over again. Yeah, and uh, Sarah comes over because Hannah's freaked out. And Sarah's like, well, maybe he's like deep in prayer. Because that's all we have to do around here other than chores. And Hannah's like, no, it's not that. And it's like, well, you better like get out of here before my mom shows up because she hates you. And I'm banned from ever seeing you again. And then, of course, right as they say that, the mom shows up. Yeah, and promptly kicks Sarah out. Oh, grabs her by her hair. It's like screaming in her face like an inch away. Throws her out like she's a drunk out of a saloon out of her house being like, get out of here, you devil! And then like in front of the whole town. Yeah, the whole town sees it. And also important about the pastor is there's flies around him. Yes. As soon as I saw the flies, I was like, oh, I know what that is. I like the fly thing in these movies. Yeah. The whole town's staring, like you said, when she's thrown out of the house, and she goes home, and the father has heard about her, like, last night and everything. He goes, I gave you too much freedom. He's heard the rumors about them kissing, and he leaves. Yeah, because her mother died, and he's like, I raised you too much like a guy, but I didn't know any better. Yeah, you feel bad, like, yeah. for Sarah so bad in this movie. And she goes to eat after he leaves, and all the food in the house has gone bad. She even, like, takes the flower bag out and there's like millworms all through it. Yeah, there's like super worms and stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh her brother comes in to get her and the mother pig has eaten all of the piglets. Oh my god. And it's just so like cuz um uh what's his name in this? Henry runs up is like I must show you something. And it's like yeah, the mother pig has eaten all the tiny cute little piglets. Which, little tiny piglets are the cutest thing in the whole world. They stink like holy hell, but they're cute. Um, oh, they're adorable. But uh, Sarah's like, fetch me the axe. And Henry's <laughs> like, nay. It's like, fetch me das axe. <laughs> she axes the, axe the bigger question. 
<laughs> the accent works a little rough, isn't it? Yeah. But we find the entire town's food food has gone bad. Like apples are rotten, she's on biting into, spitting it out. Also, like there's a random horse that's not listening. And... Oh yeah, there's like a horse that's like kicking around. It's like, no, the devil is about. <laughs> <laughs> the the water well is like stuck. They finally get the bucket up and there's a dead goat in it. No, it's it's the dead dog. It's Sarah's dog. Oh, that's right, yeah. It's a good boy. It's like something like that is what the dog's name is. (laughs) But Sarah's like starting to blame herself, you know, like people would back in the day for what happened with her and Hannah, that she's brought this upon the town. Um, Solomon shows up to her house and brings her a knife as a gift. And she tells him about everything. And she's like, maybe I was born wicked and strange, but he's very nice and comforting. Like he's not judgmental. You know, he's very kind. And he says, it wasn't you that caused this. He's like, no one's made a deal with the devil on accident. He goes, you know, no one can just stumble into these kind of things. Like, you have to knowingly be calling for the devil. Again, Brett, this twist staring me right in the fucking face. Because no matter what, because she runs to him, and Solomon's like, I believe you, it's okay. It's like, of course you believe her. Yeah, you know what's causing this. Yeah. They hear a scream, they go out, and the pastor has locked himself inside, like, the church with all the children of the town. Yeah, and this um, basically becomes, like, a mayhem music video all of a sudden inside this church. (laughs) Yes. A bunch break in, like, finally break the doors down. Solomon goes in, and all the kids are seated, and the pastor is up at the pulpit, like, muttering. He goes, I can see now, I can see everything. And then, holy shit, you get the reveal that all the kids are dead and their eyes have been ripped out and the pastor has his hook in his hand. Yeah, there's a pile of eyeballs in the middle of the floor. And he starts looking around and yeah, the pastor doesn't have eyes, none of the kids have eyes. Yeah, the pastor's sitting there tapping that hook. Like this is Also, holy all the mothers are like at the door, like screaming, like, let me in! Dude, this is a rough scene. <laughs> like, we yeah. see all these kids with their eyeballs just ripped out. And this is, I was also watching it being like, holy shit, this is going to be a count of the dead. Oh, dude, I had to pause it so many times. Rewind. Netflix does a stupid thing when it pauses and it brings the title up. I'm like, no, go away. It, yeah. it is annoying. <laughs> there was 12, by the way, kids. Yes. Because they say they say it later, because I thought, like, in, like, ten or so minutes in the movie later, I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't count how many kids there were. And then they're like, doth 12 children died, and I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I like your old-timey voices, you just put doth in front of everything. Yeah. <laughs> For anything, doth 12 kids died. <laughs> That's what they did. <laughs> They, they go, like, the crowd has kind of made it in there at this point and everything, and the pastor goes to attack Sarah and is killed by Solomon with a pitchfork, and, like, all three, like, prongs go into him. It's actually a pretty cool shot. Yeah, and he, uh, the pastor falls over dead, and then, is this basically everyone immediately starts screaming witch? Or they start screaming about, no, they're not sure what's going on yet. They're like, no, they're like, there's some kind of evil afoot, but the town meeting, which we cut to next, is where they eventually get to that conclusion. That's right. Because, yeah, everyone starts screaming, Thomas, this is the greatest thing could ever happen to him. He's like, I'm a maniac drunkard in the 1600s, and there's all this evil going about. 
I can't wait to scream evil and witch and like kill people. Like this could be so much fun. Exactly. <laughs> they're at the meeting and they say he was possessed and they're looking for scapegoats. All the teens are being searched for the witches marks and everything like this. And Caleb finally gets up at the meeting and lies about Hannah and Sarah being witches for revenge since they embarrassed him. And he's like, I saw them lay with the devil when he rode out on a great evil horse and all this bullshit that never happened. And the mob mentality takes over because as soon as he says it, like 20 others like get up there and also say they saw it, you know, just like one of those, like he lit the spark, even though it was fake. Now everyone else is convinced they saw it. Yeah, they're, everyone's like, Hannah Miller did it. Hannah Miller, Sarah Fire. <laughs> yep. They say a few times in this movie, and you hear it in like a lot of witch and devil stuff, of they laid with the devil. That just means they had fucked the devil, right? That's, a, yeah. that's their 1600s way of saying that? Yes. Yeah, okay. But Hannah and Sarah are spying on this meeting, and so once they see all this going on, yeah, they run, and someone sees, yeah. like, there they are, the witches! Ever comes pouring out of the church to catch them. Hannah trips and falls, they get her right away. Yeah, she gets taken pretty quickly. You know Sarah's gonna run around for a while. It's great, because she's in, like, a black cloak. So for a minute, it kind of reminds you of the witches running around and Hocus Pocus with the big cloaks on. <laughs> yes. But... <laughs> Uh, Sarah's sneaking around, and she's hiding. Later that night, she sneaks where to the, where they're holding Hannah, and she's, like, trying to talk to her. She's chained up in there, and her plan is to go out to Mother Mary's cabin and get the witch book, and she's going to actually make a real deal with the devil, because everyone believes we've done it. What difference does it make if we do now? Yeah, it's like, the devil can help us. There's, oh, I can't even say what it is, because it'd be too big of a spoiler, there was another movie we covered at one point where it was someone being accused of a witch and they weren't, and then they made a deal to become one at the end of their life. It reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. They, she has the line, if they want a witch, I'll give them a witch. And she goes, I, I won't lie, they set it up with the music and the speech and everything. I'm like, oh, that's a cool line. When she drops it, cheesy, but cool. And right here, this feels like the switch of like, okay, she was good, now she's going to be evil, and she is going to make a pact with the devil. Yeah, because you're waiting for it the whole time, because Sarah Fear is what's caused all this the entire time. Right. But she goes back to Mother Mary's cabin, but she's been killed, and the book is gone. Yeah, because she's like, she opens up the um, box where the book is, and the book's not there, and like, the crow, like, comes down and, like, calls at her, and like, she falls over, and the widow's laying there beside her with her throat slit. Yeah, so something's going down. She goes to Solomon and says, Someone struck a deal with the devil offering the town as a sacrifice. The search party shows up to his house right then, though, because they know that they were close. And she hides under the house. And holy shit, like, everything comes together so well here. Because this is the entrance they found in the last video, was obviously the remains of this. Like, there's all the creepy witch stuff hanging here and everything when she's underneath the house. Yeah, because like, everything is connected to these caverns. The witch cavern. Yes. Everything. Because it's immediately, yeah, they go down, this house is connected to it, and so is the church. Because, like, she finds her way down through, and, like, um, because, uh, 
Solomon's trying to hold him off, being like, no one's here, get out of here. It's Caleb. I don't think he already likes Caleb, so he's trying to kick him out of the house. It's like, well, if you have nothing to hide, let us search. But she's making her way down through the catacombs and finds the big devil room with like the weird emblem in the middle with the eternal flame thing. Yep. The the witch mark is in the middle. She finds the book down there and it we get a flash of the formation of everything. Like Solomon, like with the whole like witch mark being made there, the stones on the side and the pastor's name written there, the first name that will continue for generations. And you realize he's the witch. There has to be a small part of Solomon when he was reading, like, from the book, and the floor started to, like, etch itself into this witch mark, and a flame appeared. He's like, holy shit, it worked. Yes! I'm not crazy! <laughs> yeah, because, like, he probably put some work and research and dedication into oh, this. If this didn't work, what robe? was he gonna do? He made a whole on robe with the hat and everything. <laughs> He's sitting there sewing because they don't have a sewing machine. So he's just sitting there sewing for like months. Just like, what devil's coming? (laughs) (laughs) Sarah confronts him about it when he comes down there. He's like, one person every few years seems a small price to pay. This will go on for eternity, dude. You don't even know that the 1990s are a thing, but it's still going to be going on then. You guys can't even count that high. I was thinking, like, oh, Solomon is going to have eternal life. So Solomon has been nicked this whole time kind of thing. But I guess the witch power, witch devil powers just give them extremely good luck and, like, prosperity. Yeah, like, they can manipulate, like, to be successful and everything as long as they stay, I guess, around the town and everything. And okay. pass down success from their family to generation to generation. So it's not an eternal life thing, it's just like a good luck forever thing. Yeah, think of ready or not. More that style. Okay. Sarah stabs him and runs away through the tunnels. And she finds the pulsating goo heart that we've seen, and hears her name. And she starts climbing up towards the exit that they will later build an outhouse over. It's the poop hole! (laughs) But she falls and they get into a fight. Her hand is almost cut off. Like, oh. he hacks at it. This is brutal. It's like hanging yeah. on by the last little fleshy parts. It's finally ripped off, and she runs away. So here, the whole story is coming together. Oh, yeah, this is everything. Like, the hand happened. Like, you're like, oh, okay, it's falling together what's going to happen. This, the hand part is just so fucking brutal. It reminded me of that scene from Terrifier 2. Of just, like, yeah. it just snaps off. <laughs> exactly. But she makes it under the church, breaks out into there. Solomon grabs her right as she's about to exit and yells, I found the witch. And so he turns her back on her. The whole town already thinks she's done it. And we cut to the hanging tree. They're about to hang Hannah and Sarah. But Sarah confesses, says she bewitched Hannah Miller to save her. And so Hannah will go free and only she'll be hung. Yeah, and like this is what they're prodding for the whole time of like, you say you did it kind of thing, because they don't really want to kill Hannah, it doesn't seem, but they really want to kill Sarah Fire. Everyone hates her. Sarah Fear. Fear. Yeah, Fear Street. Oh, oh, okay. But yeah, she has a speech right before she's hung about, I will shadow you forever, I will reveal your truth for eternity as long as it takes to Solomon, and then she's hung and buried right there. 
Yeah, and it is a pretty cool thing of like, oh, so she's almost like a protector thing over the town of like, she keeps trying to stop this family, but is unable to until the 90s. Yes, like all these visions of her and everything, we get like flashes of her are true, but it's her trying to show the real witch, but everyone sees her and is like, ah, witch. What was it about like 93, 94 that just like had these ancient witches show back up all of a sudden for like a bunch of kids to take care of? Yeah, it's a big theme. But I love it. I Like I've said before, I'm really into, like, the witch horror subgenre now. Yes. But her friends dig her up later to give her a proper burial. Oh. Yeah. And the place they dig her up from, they put this rock that says the witch will live forever. The very confusing rock from last movie is now making sense. Yeah, but also... It looks like, you know, you've been, like, young, and you've had a rock, and you're at the lake or something, and you scratch your initials into the side of the rock. Then you leave, tra-la-la-la-la. And even, like, you come back a couple days later, it's gone. Like, they etched this into this rock and buried it. And then, centuries later, that etching is still perfect? I'll take it. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean, I know, like, and what are you going to have them do, sitting there chiseling a rock, like a slab or something, if that's going to take forever? Like, I get, don't look into it that much, but there's a part of me that was like, eh. Dude, we had a hand show up in a mall in the last movie. The yeah. etching on the rock doesn't bother me. No, that hand in the mall is just the big one. Yes. But then we get more, like, flashbacks to her voice. I will show them what you've done. And then we have a flashback to the flashbacks from before. So, like, <laughs> it's all kind of coming together. And then 1994, Dina comes to after this whole 1666 vision and reliving it. And now she knows everything. Good is evil. This is like two movies stuck together right here. That's a whole movie we just watched. And now we're getting into, like, the second half of another movie. It even says, like, all of them had the flashes at the beginning of the year. We get 1994 Part 2 flash up on the screen. Yeah. And, Brett, I was so excited at this moment. Because I like the 1660s. I'm like, man, what are they going right. to do for the rest of this movie? And that card flashes up. I'm almost like, oh, here we go. Yeah. It's, I think it's also um important to mention. There's been, like, this weird, like, red moss or something growing all around the town we yeah. find out that that was like hannah had like a flower crown type thing that she put a piece of it in sarah's hair when like they had the special night together and that's they uh buried sarah with the crown and that's where like the red moss spread all over the place like down into the witch's lair and like yes. all across all across like the city and whatnot yep it's pretty cool yeah, everything tied together very nice. Yeah. But 1994 Part 2 card. Sheriff Good finds Josh and Dina, like, reuniting the witch with the hand. Dina grabs him, and they run, and we realize Good is the descendant of Solomon. They steal his car and drive away, and <laughs> Dina's explaining it to Josh on the way. Josh is freaking out that he's going to give them their name, because what Nick does is give a name to the devil, and then Good gets whatever he wants out of it. So it also cuts to, like, the beginning of the first movie of him giving that boy's name, the skull-faced boy, and everything. I also love how they trick the cop of one of them takes their shoes off and kind of sticks them out behind a tree. So he goes up to it, is like, aha, I gotcha! 
And he's like, oh, yeah. shit, they tricked me. And this is like car door. Like he just hears the car doors and turns around as they take off. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> where were you with me there, Satan? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously he's already given them like Dina's name or something like that. Because killers are already forming from a blob. They're all coming. Yeah, and it's another, like, it is cool when they're coming out of the weird blob heart thing. Dina and Josh get back to Christine Ziggy's house, and they tell her, and they realize we have to kill him to end this. And Christine has an oh shit moment, because she called him earlier, because she thought he was one of the people she could trust, one of the only people who knew about it. Oh yeah, because if you remember back to the part two, they had like a thing kind of going on. They did, and it also makes so much sense why he, like, denied knowing anything about it. He already knew all about it, why he believed her, but didn't tell anyone else when she tried telling anyone. Right. They knock out Sam and leave to go see Martin Franklin, remember the janitor guy who told Josh he owed him a favor from the first movie. And And the favor is, let's kill the sheriff. (laughs) Yeah, they pull up and like, do you want to help us kill Sheriff Good? Let me grab my coat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's so funny because he's sitting there like on his front porch and it looks like he's smoking a joint and the, like a cop car pulls up. He's immediately like, God damn it. Like, I wasn't doing anything. And he puts his hands up. Yes. <laughs> They're at the mall and they have this plan to lock up the killers. And as Christine says, we're going to carry him. Like, carry, carry White, not lift him up and walk around with him. Yeah, so she finally got to do her bucket thing she wanted to do from the second one. Yep. Martin finds a bunch of paint cans in Good's car and realizes he was framed for what Nick Good was doing. Yes. And that's his real big, like, oh, fuck this guy moment. Well, it seems like he's been, like, kind of harassing Martin over the well, years, I feel like. There's also in the first one, like, remember when the uh, Skull Mask Killer killed... um. Oh, fuck. What's her name from Stranger Things? Mia Hawk. Mia Hawk. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Martin's in there for, like, no reason. He's like, I'm the janitor. Like. <laughs> yes. Um, you get some dialogue about up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start, which is the and Konami code, and Josh thinks about it to survive all the time. Even I was like, that's the Contra code. Like. <laughs> yeah, it is the code. It's. I use it for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is what he gives as one of the examples. Yeah. It is big pep talk, and you have everyone standing in a circle. You get flashback to all the previous victims, and Shady Side, like, just being a shithole, and, like, we end it tonight. All the Jedi are inside of you, Dina. No, they don't pull one of those. <laughs> no. They don't do that. <laughs> fucking dude bro party massacre three bullshit. <laughs> But she cuts her hand and bleeds into a bucket, oh. and then we get the trap setting montage to come out and play by the offspring, and I was so excited about this. Which is awesome, because I haven't heard that song in a while. Also, why is it every time the person needs to like somehow like give blood for some reason, for a sacrifice thing, or whatever reason in these horror movies, they cut their palm? That's got to be like the worst place to cut yourself to get blood. Cut the your arm somewhere, your leg. Like, why's it got to be your hand? That goes back forever. I wonder if there is some reason behind it. I, I honestly think it's just because it looks cool. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. Because there's know. a lot of tendons that are like right there. Like there's a shit ton of these horror people that survived a horror movie that now their hands fucked up. Because I really should have just cut my leg. Yeah. So the whole plan here, Britt, is they mix her blood in with this black light paint. And they're going to draw the killers in to the individual stores, because Martin has the keys, trap them in, like, individual stores at the gates, like the close-off mall stores. Have Sheriff Good show up, dump the blood on him, and then release the gates, have the killers kill Good. And then so they don't have to kill a person. Yes. And they're all set, everything's good to go, but cops show up because they stole a cop. Ah, well done. Everything's good good to go? (laughs) Everything's all set. (laughs) But remember, they stole a fucking police car, just like in the first movie, they're driving around in an ambulance, and they show up, and they're like, yeah, we found the stolen car, and they... They're about to ruin everything, these cops. They're like, stop right there. I love how they go, drop the gun with the squirt guns they have with the black light paint and the blood. (laughs) But it does make sense, though, because if you think back to Airheads with Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and uh, Steve Buscemi, I think, they have Tabasco sauce in the squirt guns and they take down, uh, they take Kramer down with that. That's right, yes. (laughs) But these cops are just killed right away. The killers are here. And it's like so much because the uh, our kids are trying to like explain like no 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 there's a witch <laughs> and like yeah they're stabbed in the back and shit like oh sh- well it's like okay I'm so so sad that the innocent cop died yeah. take the cop's gun exactly <laughs> but the killers follow the blood trails into the stores and they're shuttered in everything looks like it's working. Oh. Because they're they have to keep like because Martin's new to all this, so they have to explain to him like if you don't move or like interact with them, they'll just walk right by you. So like he just Martin just saw a cop get killed, and now here comes the switchblade killer that like likes to smell blood, and Martin's just like it's okay, it's okay, just don't breathe, and he's just like (gasps) and holds his breath until he passes, and he's like oh fuck, like. He got freaked out. He has to do about this whole thing. He has no like basis for any of it. The other ones no. deal. Martin really steals the show. Like the second half of this movie. But Nick Good shows up, and Ziggy is standing in front of the hanging tree that's in the mall for some reason. I complained about that enough last episode. Yeah, and this is also where uh, it was her sister, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, her and her sister. Her sister got killed, and she almost died. So this is like, she's having flashbacks of that. And could you imagine that? It's like, now it's a mall. So if you want to go shopping, you have to go like, I want to go get a pretzel. But the pretzel stand is on where my sister died. (laughs) Exactly. I just realized, remember how we're like, how does he bring her back? CPR doesn't work. Oh, he has devil powers. Now it makes sense. Yeah. I was like, CPR does not work on stab wounds. (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) But he's like Ziggy, and he walks up to her, and she dumps the blood on him. They open up the gates, and Nick gets stabbed, but the blood's also on Ziggy. She's about to be killed, but Dina cuts her palm as a distraction, and they gotta be like, oh, that's uncut blood there. It's not mixed in with this blacklight bullshit. It's a pure blood. 
<laughs> yes. Everyone gets away. Dina goes under the mall because the tunnel's right there yeah, again. Of the tunnel's just wherever you want it to be, Brett. It is. It just shows up wherever. It's like uh, it's like in Stranger Things when like Hopper randomly digs in the random spot and like finds the underground tunnel. Yes. That goes to the upside down. This one, it's like they just happen to randomly like, lift every grate in the city. Every grate goes to this weird tunnel, the poop yep. tunnel. <laughs> But Dina goes under the mall into the tunnel through a grate, and she's chasing after good. The mall crew who's left spray the killers with all the blood, and this is really cool because they all attack each other. Oh, and this is so, like, it gave me something I didn't know I wanted of all of these killers versus each other. We get it, like, a little bit of it here in quick glimpses, but we just get enough of it where it's not, like, doing a Freddy versus Jason, like, wrestling style match. Oh, dude, I would have taken it. You have all them just tearing each other apart. I would have been like, hell yes. But they all do tear each other apart of, like, the ones decapitated. Another one's, like, split in half. Like, the other one's mostly goo. Yes. <laughs> but Sam, at this point, who's, like, possessed, remember, she's trying to kill Dina, gets free, and you just see her scurry across the screen going down the grate. <laughs> because Sam like, got away! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Babyface Boy and Ruby Lane both show up late to the party, I guess, and their squirt guns are out of blood. Yeah, because it's funny because Martin is like immediately like, we know how to handle them. And he's like, Ch -ch -ch, with the uh, squirt gun. It's like, Tss. oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh is making a stand here. He has an axe. He's fighting Ruby Lane as downstairs Sam is attacking Dina. Josh's arm gets broken, but Ziggy just brains Ruby and shoots her with the cop's gun. Yeah. And Dina knocks out Sam. It looks like everything's going to be okay, but then Nick stabs Dina, and all the killers are reforming. Oh no, our heroes are going to lose, Brett. Well, that's where, like, when Henry is fighting her, or not Henry, Josh, sorry, um, is fighting her, and, like, you hear the snap, and thank God he's like, my arm! Because I mean, like, oh, his neck snapped. I did, too. I thought he was dead. I was like, no, yeah. don't kill Josh. And you know what? But in the first movie, they killed two of our main characters, so yeah. the nice thing about like them doing that in the first one, I truly believe they'll kill anybody at this point, then. Exactly. Dina's stabbed, all the killers are reforming, but Dina pushes Nick into the goo blob, and he has the Cerevision, and he's hallucinating all of his victims around him and everything. Yeah, I enjoy that they kind of explain the Seraphir uh, flashes. Of like, yeah. because even like er earlier when we were in the 1666, when we saw like her hand getting torn off, there was like a quick red flash of her screaming. And that's where we get like the glimpses of the devil book and stuff. Like it makes sense. Yep, exactly. And Dina, Ake, and Sarah kind of like it flashes between like in his mind, stab him right in the eye and all the killers in the blob disappear. He's dead. Well, it's great because Sarah's like, you hear her voice all around of like, I told you I would come back. I followed you through the generations and whatnot. And it's like, why do I have to be the good that gets this done? Why can't it be my son or someone else? Yeah, it's about time, though. You know, like how awkward the talk is with your parents? How is How does the devil talk go in the good family? Like, son, 
You turn 13, that's an evil age. Come here, let me show you our devil room. Now, yes, now you will pick people who will die. <laughs> you wait till your kid wants some, like, really expensive birthday present or something, and you're like, okay, come here. You take it to the basement, you're like, this is what you gotta do. At first, like, they're nervous, but then they go upstairs, and they got that Nintendo GameCube, <laughs> and they're really excited, they're like, okay, that's how, they, that's how you work it in. Well, for this time, wouldn't it be, like, the Super Nintendo? Yeah, no, I'm jumping a few generations ahead. You'd probably get an I, N64 here. I was about to say, like, do you really want that Super Nintendo? Okay, now write yeah. down a, write down in the devil book who's going to die. It cannot be your third grade teacher. No. <laughs> you have to do better in that class. <laughs> and then you randomly stumble upon your Super Nintendo and like, holy shit, it works. Oh my god, the devil's real. Thank you. <laughs> Instead of, like, thank you, Santa. It's like, thank you, Satan. <laughs> But Sam turns normal again, and you realize Dina was wearing, like, a book vest for how she was stabbed, so she's okay. And they look like the R.L. Stein-type books. Yes. Like, those graphics. All the names carved into the rocks start, like, disappearing, and the witch mark on the ground disappears, and Sam, <laughs> Sam and... Well, I can't think of her name. Yeah, Sam and Dina exit the tunnel to Nick Good's fucking, like, super nice mansion. And I love, like, it's all... It's a very nice, like, clean place. And they've just gone through hell track and mud all through it and everything. I kind of like that. Also, did you notice how many stuffed goat heads he has? Lots of them. Also, whenever, like, they finally kill the Good family and the curse is gone, and, like, all the devil stuff, like, packs up, it's almost like at a flea market, the devil's like, well... My time's up right now. He's, like, packing up his trailer. He's like, oh, just gotta go find the next uh, victim. <laughs> yep. He's, he's leaving this place and his protection on Sunnyvale making everything great's gone, too. Because they walk outside and there's some rich, snooty neighbors, like, staring at them walking out. The guy backs up in his car and is instantly hit by, by like, a big bus and crashes. Yeah, it's hit by a garbage truck. I was gonna say, did those count? I counted them, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, also, now Sunnyvale people just die all the time? I don't think all the time. I think just the over-protection like, is gone. Okay. It's just to show that. But on the news, they're talking about Nick Good being the serial killer, actually, due to new evidence found. And Ziggy, Christine, gives the books to Nurse Lane. I was wrong in the last movie. Fuck, I apologize for putting her on the count. Yes. Yeah, I saw her, and I was like, oh... Yeah, I, I even mess up once in a while, Brett. It happens. Greg. <laughs> um, Josh and, and Martin are selling, like, am I correct? Like, primitive MP3 players? Like, Oh, yeah, because it was funny, because earlier when they were in, like, this, uh, like, their version of a Spencer's, he's looking at, like, the Walkman, like, CD player. He's like, look how big this thing is. You have to carry all your discs with you. If you, like, breathe on it, it skips. Like, there, what? I just want something to have all your music in one spot. And it is, it's like this big CB radio looking thing, but it is like almost a primitive MP3 player. It's pretty cool. Yes. And Josh ends up meeting the girl who he's been IMing with the whole time because she writes her screen name on his cast. Oh, look at him. He might go and find himself a little lucky lady. They can surf the web together. Sam and Dina are at Sarah Fear's gravesite and. They carve a thing that says Sarah Fear, the first shady cider, and they kiss, and 
it's real nice. They're on the moss. They're having lunch there. The camera goes through the mall into the tunnel very slowly. And you see the witch book is at the crime scene. And some hands reach out and take it real quick. And then credits. Well, credits have already started. And then it keeps cutting to that. But then the rest of the credits. Yeah, it's funny that there's like police caution tape in the witch dungeon. Yeah, but they just think it's a weird tunnel he was using to go kill people. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I hope in the new new Fear Streets they continue on with like the witchcraft stuff. I hope so too. This this is such a fun series for me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was a great idea, Greg. This was all Greg's idea to do these three movies, so either it was his fault or thank you, Greg. <laughs> exactly. Depending on listener reaction. But no, I had a great time with it. I'm glad that I finally was made to watch these movies. Yeah, exactly. So, before we get into a regular end of episode huh. stuff, what's your rankings? I would go 1-3-2. Okay. I loved 1 so much, and it had like so much suspense and stuff. Um, I like 2. Not that I don't like it, but a lot of that, like I think I even said during the episode, it seemed like, oh, they even the Friday the 13th score slips in there a little bit. It's so much like camp-ish, like in that way. And this one, I liked how they wrapped everything up, so. I'm very similar. I go 3-1-2. I like 3 a little more just because of the wrap-up and the the twist I should have seen coming, but how it ties yeah. it all together in that nice bow. One's a great start. And like you said, two's good. It's just the weakest of the three. One of them has to be it, you know? It's the middle movie. Yeah. Which makes it the bottom movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you ready for Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, every week, the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Fear Street Part 3, 1666? And you said there's two people that got killed by the garbage truck at the end? One. Only the guy gets in the car. Only one. Okay. I'm going to say 18 then. There you fucking go! That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I was hoping I had it right. And I was like, I was like cursing myself about not counting the church kids. And then later on, the movie told me how many died. I was like, thank you, movie. <laughs> Good job. I'm glad at the end of this trilogy, you were able to nail like the the larger count too. Yeah. It wasn't like a three or four count. Good job. Oh no, that's fine. And 18 for this movie is a pretty good like number. Oh yeah. But that's Greg's count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're going to my ratings from dimension Z. All right. So basically I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through 10, one being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. And I'm going to do things that you do in, like, the year 1666. Just life. Okay. Because that's so foreign to us, to the point of, like, I'm watching this once again. Like, I would die so, like, quickly. Or I'd be like Thomas. I'm, the, like, the town crazy drunk person. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to do a number one version of thing in, like, 1666, the worst version like, the whole pig thing didn't look, like, help, like, we have to help this pig give birth, now give me that knife, I'm gonna cut this piglet out of the pig, and then still try to make sure the pig doesn't die, and I'm now I'm covered in blood, and, like, pig birth stuff, and I'm like, that doesn't sound, I don't want bacon anymore. As you would say, doth go deliver thy pigs! Exactly, <laughs> I don't want to doth deliver doth pigs, you doth deliver doth pigs. 
a number 10 version of a thing to do in 1666, the best thing. I would say, like, get a bunch of those berries and just, like, have fun. Yeah, exactly. The fruits of the land party or whatever sounds like a fun time. Yeah, you're drinking wine and, like, honey wine, and you're drinking fermented berries that make you trip, and someone has a loot. Um, yeah. I'm gonna give Fear Street 1666 seven things out of 1666 you would do. I rather enjoyed it quite a bit. There's still parts of this movie, like the whole, the last name's good thing, and good is bad. It's like, at one point, then when they were, like, doing all the black light spray paint around it. I saw in the background someone did whip it good. <laughs> no, it had also reminded me of because since then, uh since this movie, uh since we started the series, I watched the Royal Rumble with Greg, and they had like this blackout pitch black match thing, and it just reminded me of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I went Eight things to do in 1666 out of 10. Okay. I really enjoy this movie a lot. I think it's a very nice bow on the end of a really fun trilogy. Like, I don't think there's any misses in this, but this is the strongest hit, I think. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I like how they wrapped it up, because if they didn't wrap this all up nicely and whatnot, that's a tricky thing to do, bringing all these movies together and then doing it well. And they did a great job. I remember at the end of the first one, you're like, <laughs> but wait, it goes back in time. Does it ever wrap up? I'm like, oh, they cut back a little bit at the end. I'm like, there was a whole, like, extra movie. 1994 movie at the end of the last one. Yeah, because I was like, okay, thank God that it's just not like, okay, but I want to know how it ends. Yeah. I think that's all I got on this. This was fun. I enjoyed getting to do all these. Yes, and after a little bit of a Dracula pause, and after Renfield, when we wanted... Dip our toe back into vampires. I want to do the BBC uh, thing that they did, where there's like basically three movies uh, the BBC released, and it's the same kind of thing. Oh yeah, I like this. If there's more things that do this, this was fun. I'll spread it out a little bit because yeah. once in a while I need to take it easy. But yeah, let's do more stuff like this if it exists. Awesome. Well, unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got. All right, well, thank you for enjoying uh, joining us for this, like, new thing we've never really done before of, like, we've done double features. We've done whole months, but we I don't think we've done a triple feature. So no, uh, first. Yeah, so, and we really enjoyed it, and we hope that Fear Street 1666 has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes our show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!